106.3 FM. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on the first day of March. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. As we talk local sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your morning here with uh, Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like it's not overly extensive here today. Toward the bottom of the hour, we're going to go to the Iowa Event Center and catch up with our friend Chris Connolly uh, from the Event Center. It is the start of the Girls State Tournament. The boys follow suit next week. What are the rules? How do you get the tickets? All the 411, etc. from our friend Chris Connolly. Coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, hour number two goes like this. Dave Sproul from KASI. We'll talk about Iowa State's convincing win over TC. No. No. Didn't, no. It didn't happen, did it? Uh, we'll talk to Dave Sproul regardless. He'll join us at 11.05. Uh, and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on Iowa's. Now, this part's true. <laughs> Best win of the season. That is. As they picked off Ohio State and did it in convincing fashion. And as important as anything, I think, now move to the bottom of the Big Ten tournament bracket and avoid the juggernaut that is the Wolverines, at least for the time being, should they make it to the final, should they stay on the bottom of the bracket. And who doesn't want to see Illinois and Iowa one more time? I know I do. Drake's on fumes. Uh, beat Bradley on Friday. Couldn't duplicate that on Saturday. Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, Gannett's bracketologist, still has Drake in the tournament as we get set for uh, St. Louis this week. Little arch madness getting underway Thursday. Drake will play on Friday, uh, so we got a lot of ground to cover this week. In a in a month that was not taken away from us, taken away from everybody for the most part last year. But uh, boy, the uh, excitement is palpable, is it not? And uh, you and I goes does what they need to do. They sweep Illinois yeah, State on the road. That. Good for them. And now they get to play Illinois State again yeah. in the first round. So they get all the way. They get in a tie for fifth place. But because of tiebreakers, they get the seven seed, and that means, of course, four days and four days. You've got work to do on Thursday night. And now to beat a team three times in less than a week, Mm -hmm. two pretty even teams, that's tough to do. The football program had a nice win. That defense is legit. Yes, it is. They play some defense. Bison go down in flames, broke that 39 Somebody told you about that on Mediacom's Inside the Numbers. You know what? You did pick that game, didn't you? Yes, you did. Mr. Saluki over here. Yeah, nice nice, uh, nice, uh, pick out of you. Baylor gets picked off by Kansas. We got a lot, huh? Ooh, baby. Uh, It was a really good weekend. Oklahoma State over Oklahoma. Now we get that tonight. And we get that rematch tonight. Although, you know what, Trent? um, I'll watch some of it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to get to see my Jets uninterrupted because it's March. Yeah, right, yeah. And they play tonight, so I might kind of just sit there and turn that on, flip that on, and put my feet up and watch my boys. Anyways. You can also, uh, late tonight, 9 o'clock tip-off, watch Nico Medved and perhaps the future coach of the Iowa State Cyclones. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, We'll see. There's... 
still a lot of people out there that don't believe it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I've been told it's not going to happen. I don't believe them. I think their information is wrong. Uh, but we'll get into that as it, you know, the Promera could have four games left, Texas tomorrow night uh, at home, uh, at Texas Tech on Thursday before coming home to face K-State on Saturday and the regular season before they head down to Kansas City and I'm assuming play once. Uh, and then we'll we'll find out. But let's start with Iowa and that unbelievable performance out of the Hawks yesterday. You know what, Trent? We've said this before, and I, I'm every every year that goes by, I'm more convinced that this is exactly the case. Basketball is the most difficult sport to officiate. Mm-hmm. I I think it is. Yeah, uh, we saw the yes. I mean, Keegan Murray's block, oh. block shot. Come on, yes. Uh, it it there's so much of that. There's so much of it that just get missed. Uh, phantom calls or you anticipate there's going to be a foul committed. Look, football, is they're holding every play. Yeah, But I truly believe that basketball is the most... Well, and maybe not because Angel Hernandez butchers baseball like <laughs> nobody else. How about that yesterday? I'm not sure that the Cardinals uh, and the Nationals were the first spring training game of the season, but it was the first one on TV that I saw. Mm-hmm. And it's the first inning... Or was it the second? Regardless, it's early in the baseball game, and Angel Hernandez is doing his things. And Dan McLaughlin, the the play-by-play voice of the Cardinals, says, and I'm paraphrasing something along the lines, well, Angel Hernandez in mid-season form, (laughs) as one went right down the middle, and he just, uh, ball. (laughs) Anyways, uh, to the game that we saw yesterday in Columbus, a convincing win if there ever was one. Garza was terrific. Wieskamp was great. The bounce pass Mm-hmm. was an absolute thing of beauty, and Keegan Murray is going to be a star. That he is. The biggest takeaway for me, and the hope for this team going forward to make the deep run. Defense? Defense, yes, but Joe Toussaint. Oh my God. He, and what he best did. Best game as a Hawk this year. We have continually heard the rum- the rumblings. Oh, you got to play Joe Toussaint more. You can't. Because yeah. he was playing terribly. Right. He'd go in there and he'd turn it over three times in five minutes. You just, mm-hmm. you can't play Out of a control. guy that is playing at that level. He came in. There were still a few of those moments, especially early on, but he settled in. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need Joe Toussaint. They're going to need more Keegan Murray. They may need, in future games, Chris Murray mm-hmm. out there. This team is going to have to play differently. They're going to have to look differently. But the biggest thing is what they are on the defensive end. The improvements they've made at Ken Palm, something that I reference a lot. They were 130-something in the country going into the Indiana game less than a month ago. They are now 59th in the country in defensive efficiency. This late in the season, to make that kind of run is incredible. How about this? Since that Indiana game, this is from another analytics site, Bart Torvik, he has them, his numbers have Iowa 8th, in the country, in defensive efficiency, now over the last basically three weeks. Uh, it's, it's a remarkable turnaround, Trent. And uh, defense, to me, has always been more about will mm-hmm. uh, than anything else. And you've got to want to play defense. And it seems like they have taken that message to heart. Uh, and they certainly are. Look, Ohio State, Washington had been filling it up. He had seven. Arns is a Hawkeye killer. He had three. <laughs> he but when he one. hit that three? Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, oh my God, here, here we, we go, go. again. Because right? they did start the second half with a little uh-huh. uh, bit of a run. Well, not more than a little bit of a run. Well, they cut it to two. Got it to two. Uh, and uh, the Hawks had an answer and pulled away. And uh, Lydell's going to get his, although he didn't get a bunch of them yesterday. Well, that and was... you know what it was? You know what they did to combat him? Mm. They put Keegan Murray on him. Yeah. And Keegan, every time he was in, mm. that's who you're going to check. It wasn't Garza on him. It wasn't pl- trying to throw Connor on him. No. Keegan, 
He's athletic enough to do it, Trent. And, and we're seeing he's going to be a star. Yeah. I think he really and truly is. He is good off the bounce. He's got to tighten up the handles a little bit. But the athleticism, yeah. so much higher than anybody sold mm-hmm. this guy. It was, eh, he's he's an okay athlete. He's not his dad, though. Right. Okay. Oh, right. I mean, that's continually, everybody that I talk to, this. He's he's they're okay, both him and Chris. It was always a package deal. They're okay. Was athletes. there ever a time that somebody told you that Chris is better? Yes. There was. Yes. That well, was that's encouraging. Coming into the season. But and they're so they're such oddities. And we see with Keegan, it's just fine it's difficult to find a comp. There's not a guy that plays yeah. the game his way. And Chris, I've heard, is better defensively inside, and that's why I think maybe you will see him, especially if you get a Garza foul trouble game, something like that. But as an offensive player, he's more perimeter-oriented. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of vice versa in, in that aspect, where you kind of think Keegan is more of that inside guy off the dribble, where Chris is maybe a better perimeter kind of offensive player. But defensively, he's better defensively, at least coming into the year, is when I heard these things. A couple of just different type of players. Yeah, they really are. And it looked like maybe they were going to Minnesota State to uh. play at Mankato. Uh. Or if they wanted to play D1, it was Western Illinois. <laughs> that was it. Well, that extra year certainly served mm-hmm. them well, no doubt about that. Wieskamp was terrific yesterday in his supporting role. Frederick made uh, one or two big shots, didn't do a lot offensively. Connor McCaffrey only had one opportunity. That came relatively late in the second half. Bohannon making his threes. Um, but Tucson, back to him, Trent. I mean, he had a seven assists yesterday. Mm-hmm. Joe Tucson. Boy, him and Patrick McCaffrey have something going on, don't they? I think they're roommates, too. Are they? And yeah, you can see there's some kind of connection between those two. Yeah. Where they play, they practice a lot together. They're probably on the floor together a lot, going through both drills and when they're playing five-on-five in practice. Because you're right, there's just something with those two. They're always kind of catching each other's eye. You'll see those lobs every once in a while. Don't always work. but Right, or bounce passes. Right. Those two play together. And the thing that I took away, there's we've seen this a couple of times with Patrick McCaffrey, where he'll miss a shot early or miss go to the rim and it rolls off. Well, he seems to, he has trouble finishing. He does. And that's, I think the strength component is mm-hmm. a big part of that. But then it kind of carries over to the rest of the game. He missed an open three and then at the rim had that opportunity in his first minutes. But he came right, right back, had that beautiful pass that he caught on that corner cut. And he was also helping on the defensive end. And be, with his length, when he's out there mm-hmm. with Keegan and Tucson. That is a lockdown defensive lineup. They are really, really good with that group. Yeah, Toussaint and Walker. Walker had a decent game, but boy, Toussaint was in there, and he took that personally, that challenge. I thought he did a nice job on him. Washington had been filling it up. He had seven points in the basketball game. This was a complete, complete performance by Iowa, who now find themselves on the two line by uh, all the bracketologists. out. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of them. What's the matrix uh, on the Hawks, Trent. Um, I know that our guy, Shelby Mast, has moved them up into the two. I think he's the seventh overall seed uh, in the tournament as Baylor seemingly is going the wrong way. Michigan's going the right way. Illinois has moved up into the one line, according to Shelby. Ohio State gets knocked down a peg. Um, West Virginia, two. Alabama, two. What's the matrix? Have you been able to find it as far as where Iowa sits? They are right now the top number three seed. So they are right behind West Virginia, who is the last of the twos. Villanova still ahead of them. And this but is consensus, what we're talking This is, but this was also last updated yesterday. This was before the games where oh. Iowa wins and Villanova loses. I'm going to guess that will flip-flop mm-hmm. as everybody... And that's the other thing. They have... 
hundreds now of brackets at Bracket Matrix, and not everybody updates every day. And because of that, mm-hmm. the consensus there, not always the case. So when that flips over, I think you'll get a better look. But I think Iowa's solid, too. They take care of business this week. They beat both Nebraska and Wisconsin at home. Which they should. And win in the quarterfinals, whatever game that is. The 3-6 game, the 4-5, whatever it turns out to be. might be Wisconsin again. Could be Wisconsin. Yep. Could be Purdue. Whoever it turns out to be. Well, I think Purdue's moved up top. Well, there's still a week to play. Yes, again, right, right. Yeah, And in Maryland, I saw one. It, it, you know it, what? Maryland's playing well. Yes, they are. Regardless, though. And they win that game. And lose then in the semifinals. There are two. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a scenario where it plays out that and they lose to Illinois or whoever in the semifinals. I think they're a pretty solid two seed. I don't see anything that can move off that. But you lose a game this week. Yeah. Or you get beat right away in the tournament against somebody not very good. That completely changes. But these are heights we haven't seen. Iowa basketball, the last time they got a two seed, 1986-87. Left me crying. In my basement, because <laughs> they blew an 18-point lead against UNLV as a two-seed against the top-seeded running Rebels. You know what? If that happens again, I, I will cry here 30-some years later and have that happen again at the Elite Eight. But that's what they're trending to right now. And for people talking about coming in when we talked on Friday, the disappointment. You were surprised that I wasn't hair-on-fire upset. Uh, the, yes, on Friday after the Michigan game on Thursday, yep. And I just, because... It was very simple take, but I thought it was the right take. This played a bad game. Mm-hmm. This isn't a bad team all of a sudden. It's not that everything is falling and this guy. No, that wasn't it with Iowa. Iowa is a good team that had a bad night against Michigan. Who is the best team in the country right now? No, no, they're not. They're the second best team in the country. Are you sure? I, I, well, have I, you watched well, the Zags so. lately? They're not playing real well. No, but you know what? I think they're bored. Well, they're, yeah. they're not playing anybody. I mean, they're, 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 they they could, if they want to, I think that they're, I think that's what you're seeing when you watch Gonzaga. You're seeing a team that's, I don't know, kind of like a, a cat in a ball of yarn. Neutral court tonight. Give me the Zags. You're still taking them. Give me the Zags. I think I'd take Michigan. No, look, I like Michigan's team. Dickinson, is a, he's, a, he's a player. And that backcourt, both of them. Smith's okay. Um yeah, we'll see. I look at I want who doesn't want to see the uh, before selection Sunday Michigan and Iowa go ahead to mm-hmm. right? Get, get your that. get another shot against Illinois. There there's a lot still out there for this. There's I would, a ton. And Sad. Fran for all the success that what he has. What did he finish in February? Oh, that's a good question. Was he did they play was he 6 and 3? Let's see. 1 2 3 4 5 6 and 3. Yeah, 6 and 3. That is not a fade. No, no, but I've certainly read a lot about the fan fan fade on a fan fade on Twitter. 5 um, out of 6 now wins for the Hawks. They are mm-hmm. trending in the right direction yeah. and we talk about defensively. And but the one thing Fran still has not done, of course, get to the Sweet 16. That is still something he needs to get on the resume. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't made the semifinals even of the Big 10 tournament. And and it's not just some of the losses that were frustrating, but some bad losses to bad teams when Iowa was good teams. And I think that leads into the fate at the end of the season. Well, here's the here's the Big Ten. I, I kind of hate it, but I kind of like it because that means we're looking at it and we're getting close. If the season ended today. All right. So Nebraska and Minnesota would play for the right to take on Wisconsin. The winner of Nebraska-Minnesota faces Wisconsin, then to play Iowa in the third round. Um. There's nobody there that's going to pick off the Hawks. I look. I think. I think I was going to eat Wisconsin's lunch on on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Sunday. Mm-hmm. I believe they'll blow them out. Wisconsin's not. Wisconsin's arrows clearly pointing down. They have problems. They, they do. have 
internal problems. Yep. The way that Illinois came out right away and just took it to him mm-hmm. without DeSumo Saturday, that was eye-opening. And Wisconsin came back, credit to them, and had yeah. opportunities late in that game. But still, this is a team I anticipated they were going to be a lot better. And it just, the group's not working. You know, sometimes you, you work with, you play with guys too long and it just... All right, I'm sick of it. Let's yeah. move on. And what's the average age? What did you tell me? It's like 20, 24. 24. Yeah, in the starting lineup's 24 years old. That's what they have. That's how old that team is. I have the uh, the bracket here for for the Big Ten tournament. Okay, as long as the results go as anticipated. This is a projection. Everybody that is favored wins the games going forward. Okay, so if you calculate that, Michigan the one, mm-hmm. Illinois and Iowa. Tie for second. Which Illinois, goes to Illinois. Illinois has yep. the tiebreaker. Purdue, fourth at 13-6. and six. Ohio yep. State a half game behind them. The five seed at 13-7. and seven. And your number six seed would be Maryland. How about that? So I win the 3-6 so game. So Maryland would fall, uh, fall down to the bottom of the bracket. Where was Wisconsin then? Wisconsin would be the eight seed. In fact, so Rutgers would be top. the seven. Yeah, And Rutgers wow. would be the seven in this scenario. That's, again, if everything plays out according to without any upsets. The likelihood that's going to happen in the right. final week isn't very high, but that's how it projects at this point. So what does Iowa have to do? I mean, I guess lose both of their games to fall uh, out of the double bye? Let's see here. Let's uh, do that. Lose to Nebraska, lose to Wisconsin. Everything else stays the same. Mm-hmm. Yes, they would. They would fall behind Ohio State. They would be the five seed, await the winner of Minnesota Northwestern. Okay, do it this way. Beats, beats Nebraska, loses to Wisconsin. Do they keep the double bye, but they would therefore move up top where Michigan sits? They would still be in that scenario with the five seed. Would they, they? It would be Ohio State would uh, be tied. They split the season series. And since Ohio State in this scenario would have beat Illinois for a second time, they'd be 2-0 and against the Illini. Iowa 0-1. They would get the tiebreaker there for the Interesting. So what you're saying is, if, and it won't, but if all the favorites win except for Iowa and mm-hmm. Iowa loses both, they fall out and they, get, they can only be a five seed. So it's right. not like, even if they split, they're going to be a five. If Everything if else everybody plays, else, right, yeah, right. right. If everything goes according. And if you think Ohio State's beating Illinois. No, I don't. On Saturday. I don't. That also has to play out right. there. If Illinois I, wins, then I was the four seed. What about Purdue? What's Purdue have left? Purdue, don't they only have like one game? I think it is. They have Wisconsin and, no, and Indiana. So they still that's got two games left. Yeah, that's not a, a walk in the park. Not locks at all. You know Indiana's going to be ready for that mm-hmm. game. And uh, though both of them are at home for Purdue. They could win both those games. They could lose both those games. I wouldn't be surprised with anything. That's a team that's difficult to get a read on for me, Purdue. I felt like I was kind of at the forefront as they were turning the corner and saw them. But now when I watch them, there's stretches where kind of that ugly offense starts to show yeah. up a little bit. Too much. Williams, they seem to rely on him a little well, bit too much. I, I like the kids, but they're, you mm-hmm. got to remember, they're kids. They are, yeah. Edie, Ivy. Ivy, I, like, I love Ivy. Newman. Ivy, yeah, Ivy's my guy. Of the of the youngsters, Gillis. Yeah. That's a quite a freshman class. No, it though. really is. It really is. Uh, so uh, it's that time of year. It's a fun time of year. Mm-hmm. We're looking at Big Ten brackets soon. We'll be looking at real brackets. Ten twenty. Let's get to Iowa State real quick, uh, Trent. Uh, as I said all last week, I really thought that this was going to be the first win of the year. There certainly were plenty of opportunities to do that. It didn't help when Razier Bolton got hurt uh, and had to leave the floor and couldn't answer the bell for the second half. He's been their best player mm-hmm. uh, overall this year. Um, would it have made a difference? It's a four-point basketball game. 
So would it have made a difference? I th- you know, there's a pretty good chance that it did. Um, Got to give Jackson again. I think he's playing really well. Played 36 minutes. He's playing his best basketball uh, of the year. Uh, who else? Coleman Lands is going to... He, he actually shot the ball a lot better than he had. Been. Right. I mean, he's been that volume shooter that gets his points that way. Um, and he, shared the ball a little bit, too. Did he? It, it, three assists. Well, and it that's felt good like for him, seemingly, yeah. It wasn't getting stuck. Right. Which, will happen from time to time with Coleman Lands. Yeah, Trent, I thought they were going to win and I felt that they're going to win, you know, even deep into the deep into the second half. I thought they were going to find a way to do it. That's why I said, you know, with the Condon Casino with a game and a half. Trent, if they would have got that game, uh-huh. if they would have, uh then they would have three games left to to win another game. Uh, will they now? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't see them beating Texas tomorrow. I don't see them be, going to Lubbock and winning. No. And K-State, who got blown out by West Virginia, who's incredibly good. By the way, you know what we get tomorrow? At 4 o'clock? I saw this. Baylor, West Virginia? That's good. Oh, good. That's outstanding. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Give me that all day long. That's the point we're getting to now. We're going to have some of these... Well, of course, the smaller conferences get going. We'll get going with the MVC tournament later in the week, and then... On to middle of the, well, 11 o'clock tip-offs a lot of times, games wall-to-wall. Oof. It is a great time Who of does, year. you know, I never looked at the Valley Bracket. Have you have you looked at mm-hmm. that? Uh, so, Drake, look, I watched them on Friday night on ESPN Plus. Boy, I have no idea how they covered in that game. Yeah. Whew. Bradley had a chance after chance. Offensive rebound miss, offensive rebound miss. Meanwhile, the, uh, uh, the Bulldogs are, are uh, beating the number by like a half a point. They're up nine. It's eight and a half. I uh, was thinking, oh my God, they're gonna. It's not gonna go well. But they did. But they just had no. They were on fumes on Saturday. They seemed to be on fumes watching that game on ESPN Plus on Saturday. Didn't you like? Didn't you see it that way? Yeah, it's a tired team, and not just physically, but I think mentally. Mm-hmm. Now I saw a video, and I wish I could remember where I saw it, so I would retweet it out. Tank Hemphill doing some kind of. I don't know if it was conditioning or rehab exercise. He was moving his feet. Now, I think he was stationary, but he had a ball in his left hand, one in his right hand, bouncing a ball and kind of shuffling his feet a little bit. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, what if this kid can do this? And he might be closer to getting back onto the floor than than I would have thought he would be. And what a shot in the arm that would be if he can answer the bell on Friday. Did you see it? I didn't see it. Now, I'm looking right now, and I found it. Drake Basketball had it. Admire retweeted it, so you can find it. February 24th is when Drake Basketball's Twitter page uh, tweeted it out. So, yeah, he's doing some two-ball drills there, going but back But look at his forth. feet. Yeah. He's moving. Isn't he? Yeah. But doesn't that look like you've got to be kind of toward the end of your injury to do that? I mean, I'm not a doctor. Right, right yeah. I, 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 it would only be guesswork for yeah. me. It looks good. I was encouraged. Absolutely. And these are the things for Drake you have to do. Yeah. Because Roman Penn, we know, is out. Right. There is no coming back. Nope. He is out for the season. Right. Because of that, the committee will look at this team and what they are, minus Roman Penn mm-hmm. and minus Tank, unless Tank can come back. Mm-hmm. And if he does, then the conversation changes. So does he need to play in St. Louis I in your so, mind? I think so. Because... We talked about the chicanery with uh, Alford back yep. in the day with Luke Record. He yep. was suited up on the bench. Yeah. 
Guy had a broken kneecap. Right. Of course he wasn't playing, but that's... And because of things like that and other teams that have tried to do the same thing. Well, look, he's going through warm-ups. He's just sitting there underneath the basket shooting a couple of layups. He's not actually warming up. Right. But trying to do that to say, hey, our team might be okay by next week. We might be back to full strength. That's not the case. I think he needs to be on the floor and not on the floor for a minute. you got to get a couple of minutes, I think, probably a half to show. All right, your leading scorer mm-hmm. before he was injured is going to be back. And if that happens, and you can get him out there and looking at a decent level, then I think you have an argument to be an at-large team, even with the loss to Loyola in the championship. You'd still have to probably get to that point. Without it, it's going to be tough. It's yeah, going to be a really difficult conversation I for know. the committee. you got to take off our Des Moines glasses here yeah, and I look know. at it realistically. Of course, we would all love it. That's not what this conversation is. We have to look at it from the perspective mm-hmm. of the committee, and the committee does not give two craps about Des Moines no. or Drake University. They are working to get the best teams in the tournament, the most deserving teams, and the teams that can win games come tournament time. Midas Tank, it is difficult to envision a scenario. A team that just lost over the weekend to a Bradley team pretty decimated themselves and put that team in the tournament. Uh, 10-25. Keywords are gone for yes. the time being. 18 How winners. that in building? Des Moines, yes. Iowa. Look, it pays to take time to text that uh, uh, the keyword. It's coming back. I think it's April, but again, um, don't quote me, but that's. I think I heard that. Okay. So I don't think this, this promotion is over for good. By gotcha. Any means. But yeah, 18 winners in the building. That's $18,000 handed out. How many did KXNO have of those? Do you know? I don't remember offhand. I thought that the Morning Rush have one. We had one, uh-huh. our first. Yep. And I thought the Morning Rush did. The bus crushed them. Of course, yeah. WHO was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a pile of them. Anyways, uh, it's over for now, but uh, fingers crossed we may see that uh, again. All right. Uh, Chris Conley is going to join us from the Iowa Event Center. The Girls' State Tournament is underway. The boys follow suit. Uh, next week. Now, what have we got? What's our schedule or your schedule? Our schedule. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your schedule? You're going to be color, doing color for me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what What have we got in a hopper? Well, here on KXNO, we will have the 5A semifinals on Thursday morning. That starts at 10 a.m. So it'll be Waukee, who has advanced with their victory today against Dowling Catholic, against the winner of Ankeny Centennial Southeast Spoke. It'll be 10 o'clock, okay. an all-CIML semifinal. And how long will that game? go uh about an hour and a half hour 15 so, all right so it's 11 15 yep. and what are we doing at 11 15 on thursday well to be determined we'll okay. uh a little post game maybe pre-game because game two will be johnston as long as they advance against the team from the east side of the state so that's what we have at noon on thursday then the championship is seven o'clock on friday night so we'll bring that to you in class 5a that's championships friday it is friday yeah all other classes will be saturday but for the 5a championship the big school well the boys were last word the championship game was on friday yes because that was the last sporting event the last live sporting event i think Uh wasn't it until sports stopped yes absolutely it was one of the last in the country right that night and then it resumed with mma is that what it was? I think it was. There was Australian rules football. By the yeah, well, there was that. Um, I lost money doing watching that. Yeah, you, know, you were betting ping pong. Uh-huh. But I know for sure that watching the Hawks win the state title. Yes, was Ankeny, the la- yep. Ankeny, yeah, was the last live sporting event till July. I mean, In, other than MMA, right? 
which we're not big MMA right. fans. I mean, there was they ran the, the last Belmont, ball sport. Yeah. How about that? Did the Belmont Stakes run? I, I think it did, but that's not. I mean, that's not moving the needle. There's no. We ball had the there. draft. We did, which was huge. It's just an event, though. It's not a. And that's sport. true. Oh, what a difference a year makes. Johnson & Johnson shipping them today, for those of you who Love want to that. get that needle. Uh, we will talk to Chris Connolly next. Get the 411 if you're headed down to watch some of the girls' state tournament or the boys. Uh, we'll talk to Chris Connolly. Maybe he's got some info as to what might be coming up this summer as far as entertainment, acts like that, making their way to the well. And uh, some breaking news. This is from Matthew Bain of the Des Moines Register. Speaking of high school sports, Marshalltown planning to leave the CIML and forming a new league, hoping to get other CIML schools to join them, including Ames, Mason City, Fort Dodge, Ottumwa, and the Des Moines Public Schools. The continued divide between the suburban schools and the Metro so, here on the local front. As soon as when? I would guess within, usually this is about a year past, so you're probably looking the 2022-23 school year uh-huh. is what you'd be looking at there. But the suburban schools kind of play by their own set of rules, and yeah. I don't mind it. I think it might be a good thing, right? So who would they be in a co- It would be the five city schools, yep. Ames, Ottumwa, Marshalltown, Mason City. And then everybody in the suburban schools, I would guess, would join their own. So you'd get mm-hmm. both Waukees, both Ankeny's, Johnston, Urbandale Valley, Dowling. Am I missing anybody? That's what, and Southeast Polk. Interesting. I believe that's Chris Connolly on line 11. We're a little bit late. Chris, we apologize. Stay right there. We'll take our time out. We'll come back. Uh, he will join us. Get the 411 from Chris. We take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. 800 bets off. <laughs> On a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Dave Sproul and Iowa State at 11.05. Scott Dockerman on the Hawkeyes at about 11.25. Right now is the general manager of the Iowa Event Center, Chris Connolly. Uh, we're a little bit late, and I know you're busy, Chris. We uh, apologize for uh, keeping you a little bit longer away from what you've got going on, as I know you're a busy guy. Good to talk to you, Chris Connolly. How have you been? All good, guys. Good morning, and uh, nice to be with you. Now it's nice to be with you. So you had the week between the wrestling and now back-to-back with the girls and the boys, and yep. we're doing so in a pandemic. Um, what What did you learn from the wrestling tournament that will carry over to these next couple of weeks, if anything, Chris? Yeah, listen, I think the biggest thing, it's not your normal tournament, not your normal setup. And I think what we did with high school state wrestling you know, we continued with the reserve seating and spreading people out in pods. Um, I thought it was great working in conjunction with the High School Athletic Association in terms of getting the tickets sold in advance. Um, so that worked really, really well. And we had good crowds and we had a great tournament. And COVID-wise, we really didn't have any issues. So we continue to learn as we go. You know, for those that are coming to girls or boys, you know, in the next two weeks, you know, girls kicked off. We had a 9 a.m. game. Mm. They're longer days, Kenny, and we've spread it out a little more. So usually you allot for a game to tip, and then 90 minutes, you're hoping the next game starts uh, in a normal year. This year, it's two hours. So we're leaving more time to, number one, we're selling tickets per game. So you're buying a $10 ticket to watch a single game. And then after that game's over, we clear the building, um, clean it, and then open doors for that next game. So, you know, unfortunately for those people that buy tickets and sit and want to watch multiple games all day, that's not available this year. But 
what I would say to the contrary is is that we're not going to reach our cap limit, you know, by selling tickets per game, and I think that's a good thing. So if you want to see your school play or one of your favorite players play, you're going to be able to do that this week. I think the biggest thing for us is we just ask people to go on to HiveTix.com, purchase your tickets ahead of time. I can tell you the first game that we had between Dowling and Waukee, I'd say 95% of the people had their tickets Excellent. in hand before they got to the turnstile, which was really nice. We got them in, got them set, and it, it was a good start to the day. Southeast Spokane, Guinea Centennial, the next game should be a fun one there, and it continues all week long. How about concessions? You're, you're getting down there, want to get a hot dog, want to get some popcorn. What are you guys doing on the concession side of things? Yeah, it's all normal, Trent. We're selling our normal concessions, you know, in our permanent stands, and then we have your favorites, like your Chick-fil-A, uh, Rita's Water Ice, and that stuff's all available. What we've done um, is we've cleared out some of the portable stands, a lot of them being beer stands, that is. Obviously, we're not selling alcohol during the state tournaments, and we're just making more space on the concourse for people to spread out. But same selections that, that have always been there, people can buy, they can eat and drink. Obviously, they can, you know, pull their mask down when they're eating food. We do make announcements, and we are asking for people to comply and wear masks, you know, when they're not eating. And, and obviously, for the athletes, you know, if they're on the floor, that's good. But everybody else should have a mask on. Uh, wrestling went really, really well. I think people get it. And, mm-hmm. look, they're just happy to be coming out and seeing the competition. So most people comply. We do send out reminders. There's a lot of times where it's innocent, where somebody's eaten, they haven't put their mask back up. But, yeah, as far as concessions go, they are available for sale, and all your normal favorites will be available all week. So what is the capacity, Chris? Yep, so our true capacity, and that's opening up the entire arena. Right now, we just have the lower bowl, and, you know, obviously it depends on the matchups as we mm-hmm. move through the rest of the week. If it warrants, obviously we'll move up into the 200 and 300 level, but, but our cap for this whole tournament is about 5,800 for one game. And uh, to be honest with you, I, ju- I just don't know that we hit that, right? Mm-hmm. So I just don't know we'll ever reach that point where, you know, we're sold out for a game. And if we have that problem, that'd be a great problem to have. But our capacity is just a little over 5,800. Looking forward to next week in the Boys State Tournament. Four classes, not as many games and teams that are involved as opposed to the five classes for the girls' side. But it's compressed in inside as they will do it over five days. We'll not go to Saturday like the girls will do. How much different, anything really different when you look at it and looking forward to next week on the boys' side? Not much different, Trent. It really isn't. They, they've kind of we've had meetings with both the union and the high school athletic association. And it took weeks of preparation, really trying to figure this out. And obviously, it's not perfect for that fan that wants to watch games all day long and buy one ticket. They can't do it this year. But I think on the flip side, where for wrestling, you know, we sold out. There were sessions that were sold out, and tickets weren't available for girls and boys. Tickets will be available, and it it would be a long stretch to say we're going to sell out for any one specific game so they mirror each other very very similar and i think i guess our biggest message is there are tickets available for sale we're probably not going to sell out any one single game and then we're just urging people to buy tickets ahead of time if you get your tickets you just go on hivetix.com you can print your ticket at home or have it on your mobile device you get in and out and it's seamless for those that do want to purchase we do have our box office open and we have had some walk-up sales but the best bet is to go on hivetix ahead of time get your ticket get set and you should be good to go. Chris Connolly from the Iowa Event Center is our guest. Uh, Chris, um, we're on the cusp again of, uh, of uh, March Madness, the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. I know Des Moines is back in the rotation. Uh, 2023. Yep. Um, 
I, I mean, I want people to hear this from you just because, mm-hmm. you know, those folks that were those cities that thought they were getting that opportunity in 2021, that's been taken off the table, but they don't move ahead. They get back in line, correct? 2023 is still going to happen in Des Moines. They, they do, Ken. That's exactly right. And, and again, there's so much preparation for this. You know, as a, as a host site, it's usually about 18 months of preparation. So that's a long time. You know, you're talking about a year and a half. And the way the NCA does it, they do it in four-year bid cycles. So Des Moines has it in 2023. That's the first of four years. So 23, 24, 25, 26 are all spoken for. Yeah, and unfortunately for those sites last year and this year, you know, they don't, they don't get it right away again. Right. Now, fortunately, I think if you did some homework and you looked into it, some of the sites that lost it have probably rebid and gotten it again. Um, but they, it's, it's hard to make up for that, right? It's a, it's a lost year that you'll never get back. But again, fortunately, you know, we've been fortunate to get in the rotation. Usually when you're in the rotation, you stick if you're doing a good job. And I'd probably venture to say a lot of those sites that lost it probably got it again in the next four-year cycle. Fortunately for us, we got it in year one. It's a little bit of separation from the pandemic, so we've got to imagine that things will be back yeah. to normal by 23. But yeah, it won't change. We're hosting in 23. We're looking forward to it. And it won't be too far away when we start planning and preparing for it. So what does the hotel across the street mean to you guys, Chris? In t- the which which the, the brand the brand new one that's uh, just to the north of the of Wells Fargo. Oh, uh, you're talking the Hilton? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it is Hilton. Yes. Yeah, that's our. It means so much. I mean, that that was not in play when we hosted in 2016 mm-hmm. for the first time, and and now that we have that attached hotel, it is fantastic for us for events like NTA, but also for the bigger conventions and conferences. You know, we deal with these meeting planners both nationally and regionally, and for them to be attached and be that close. I mean, the Skywalk system's fantastic. It's great going to the Marriott and some of the other hotels, but having that Hilton attached to us has been a big time game changer, and that's why we push. So hard and Polk County got involved in Convention of Visitors Bureau, but it's been fantastic. Whereas the officials and NTA staff and other personnel associated with the tournament stayed out west in 16. Mm. Uh, we hosted again in 19. They stayed at the Hilton, which was connected, which was fantastic. Saw last week the Iowa Barnstormers, an update from the Indoor Football League. Schedule moved back a little bit. First game uh, inside the well will be on May 22nd, and the schedule goes all the way through towards the end of August before the playoffs even get there. So going to be a different schedule. Anything that uh, created for you guys trying to get that schedule in the works and getting everything on the on the map for the Barnstormers? No, you know, I think it makes sense. You know, they pushed it back a little bit. And as we've gradually gotten better, you know, we're coming out of COVID. I think it's getting better. And, you know, hopefully I think by them pushing it back, they're hoping to get to a point Trent, where where they're fully open. You know, will it be like that at the end of May? I don't know. But as we get through the season, you got to imagine we're going to be close. And I think that's what they were looking at. Um, it obviously pushes their season back a little bit. You know, we're fortunate enough that, you know, our months of July and August, usually in the arena, are a lot slower. A lot of that has to do with State Fair and some other um, you know, outside type mm-hmm. entertainment that goes on, um, more of the live acts are playing outside in the summertime. So we have the building availability. So for us, it just shifts back a little bit. If it can get their full season in by shifting back, we're all for it. Um, we had the dates they needed. So actually it worked out nicely for us. And, you know, the hopes are they're kind of back to normal by the time we kick off the season. Uh, what have you got slated for concert? Any, any announcements coming up or have you announced anything? I know Elton John is still uh, eventually going to get here at least that's the plan uh that would be obviously a big big show uh any any news on that front chris 
Yeah, I think, Ken, what we're looking at is, so we have Alan Jackson booked in September, and we also have Michael Buble booked in September. Both of those shows um, were postponed and moved to those new September 2021 dates. I think in our world and, and looking at things, we're hopeful that both of those shows will take place in September. You know, you look at the State Fair and you look at their grandstand acts, and they're moving forward as if it will be full capacity. And I think we're all optimistic that that'll happen, and that's an outdoor event, obviously about a month later than we have our shows scheduled. I can tell you, moving into 2022, um, we've had a ton of activity. Artists want to get out. We're starting to hold dates. Believe it or not, even though the Wild just started their season this season not too long ago, we're starting to work on the Wild and the Wolves schedules for next year, and it's becoming very, very crowded when you start mixing concerts in. So I think as you get into 2022, I think it's going to start to get really busy. Um, it, there'll be pent-up demand for it, but our hopes will be that those shows that are scheduled in September will happen, and then you know, in the not-too-far future, we'll be able to start announcing new shows but the concentration more has been on 2022. You mentioned some of those kind of deals that are happening behind closed doors. You don't have to name bands or anything like that. But I've heard from some of the people inside your industry, Chris, that a lot of the music groups or the individual acts kind of don't want to be first. They're waiting for a couple other mm-hmm. people that already have tours that are in place. You mentioned Alan Jackson and Buble, sure. a couple here locally. Is that what you're hearing kind of behind closed doors? These groups want to get out there. They just don't want to be the first to announce a tour. Yeah, it's crazy, Trent. It's almost act to act, right? Yeah. Like we've had some that have, we've had some activity where some acts are even looking at the summertime. You know, you have some acts that are booked at the state fair. You have some acts that are booked in July outside. So it really is act to act. You know, Kenny mentioned Elton John. Elton John's rescheduled for March of 2022. Um, he's adamant about finishing his farewell That's tour. Great. And obviously we believe that date's going to happen. And, you know, it's far off, but I think you take a look at Elton and probably the demographic going to the show. It's a little older. They wanted to be safe. He feels confident that it's going to happen in March, and we get that. We got some others that want to get out. Alan Jackson's one of them. We believe he's going to play in September, and they're going to be ready to go. So it really varies from act to act. But I, I can tell you, just in the last month or so, the activity that we've had on the concert side, and mainly heading into 2022, it's been robust, and I think it's going to be great. I think we're going to have a ton of opportunity you know, as we get closer to back to normal. Uh, last thing for me, have you heard, Chris, regarding the AHL and what their playoff structure, if there's going to be one? Of course, they were so good last year and looked as though they were on the cusp of you know, making a run towards the Calder Cup. I thought that I saw when it when they were the plans were still on the drawing board. I'm not even sure their seasons had started that the playoffs were kind of a pipe dream this year, and that would affect you guys as far as holding dates. Have you heard anything pursuant to the AHL, and will there even be playoffs? You know, we've heard a little bit, Ken. Uh, pro- probably a better question for Todd Frederick. Yeah, but we've heard a little bit. What we heard is once we got a regular season schedule set and confirmed. Um, I know that the AHL had conversation about a modified-type playoff, not nearly the long run that it would normally be. I mean, obviously, you know, our regular season's going through the middle of May. Yep. Normally end in the middle of April. So I know there's talks. I don't know what has been confirmed. For us, when you talk about the venue itself and, and our business, you know, when it comes to playoffs, we go with available dates, and we don't hold specific dates mm. in the playoffs because you don't know if the team's going to make it. Right. You don't know what is going to happen. Um, and, you know, we got to book business. And, but usually by the time you get to the end of April, into May, you know, the wolf season's done. We start to slow down a little bit, and we haven't had a big issue. But we are a busy building, and even if you go back a couple years when the Wild first made it, 
their first playoff game at home actually landed on Easter Sunday. Hmm. So not ideal, but that's the date that we had, and it gets a little tricky. So not really a venue issue. Um, and obviously, we're not as nearly as busy as we normally are during that time. So we, we would love to see a playoff structure get put in place, and we do have dates for it. And we'll just have to see, but I don't know that that's firm yet. Chris Connolly from the Iowa Event Center. Chris, you got a busy two weeks in front of you. Thank you for giving us some time here today again. Uh, the, uh, for tickets, best way to do it is get them in advance. Give that site one more time. Yep, it's just go right to HiveyTix.com, Ken, and it's real, real simple. It shows the sections, where the teams are, their benches, where they're situated. There are student sections um, set up this year. It's just more spaced out. So just go to HiveyTix.com, get the tickets in advance, and we're looking forward to two great weeks fast. T-I-X, correct, for ticks? Correct. Yep. Good. Yeah. Good stuff, Chris. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Guys, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Chris Conley, uh, GM of the Iowa Event Center, as we get a little 411 on the next couple of weeks and into the future. All right, we'll come back, finish up the hour. Iowa State conversation to begin hour number two, followed up by Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He covers the Hawks. Miller and Condon with you until noon on 1460 KXNO and 106 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. All right, Miller and Condon, five minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent. This portion of the program is brought to us by who? Our friend Mike Hammond, Jerry, and the great group over at Vision Financial Services. It's where Ken and I get our tax done each and every year. Mike does a great job. My favorite part, though, of course, he Talking does, sports with him? Yes, yeah. and he will talk your ear off about whatever it is. Now, though he is a Cyclone fan, he also likes the Hawkeyes. He likes the state of Iowa, and he will go in there, and we will just talk and talk and talk. I was just in there last week. Heavily masked, of course, walked in and uh, had a question as last year Tara and Jack had the security breached as somebody tried to basically apply for taxes with their social security numbers. Really? How they got it, nobody knows, but that happened. So I was getting an update from Mike on that. And, of course, we talked about sports for about an hour. <laughs> yeah. And uh, both Mike and Jerry, they ride Ragbri every they year. They do, yeah. Year. Well, not last year. Anyway, so good stuff. And I know that they still have some openings available. I mean, yeah. April 15th, believe it. It's March. It, I mean, it's... But, but ready or not, here it comes. Six weeks away uh-huh. from April 15th. So make the appointment. You can give them a call, 515-440-1133. They're located on 22nd Street in West Des Moines. And you can also find them online, Your Vision iowa.com is the website and if you do have a problem uh you know they're going to be there yes and you can't which is nice that. right april 16th rolls around and the person that did your taxes the, in a lot of places isn't going to be there Mike they pulled they pulled up the stakes from the tent that they had set up and right. hey, there's no building there anymore you know what i have in front of me trent condon what do you got i've got the uh, cubs starting lineup for their first preseason game. Oh, love that spring training. Here so we go. Rizzo's leading off. Yes. Wilson Contreras batting second. Jock Peterson third. Javi Baez will bat cleanup today. Then there's a bunch of guys I don't know much about. Well, Mabin. He, where did Mabin come over from? Was that the former Tiger? Yes. Uh, Tampa Bay Ray? He was uh, Marlin. Marlin. He's he, been a lot of places. He's not very good. Uh, then David Bodie will bat sixth. Vargas. Um, 
he's bounced around a bunch is of. Is that places. old Kenny Vargas from the Twins? No, that Vargas, not that Vargas, a uh, different Vargas. And then two, and then um, Miller in center. Ken? No. Butch? Not sure. I don't know who he is. And Higgins is their DH. Number eighty-eight, Higgins. I don't think he's making the team. I don't think. I think pretty sure Higgins realizes. As they famously said to Major League, I don't know half these guys. That's where we're getting kind of like the Cubs lineup here today. But baseball is back. I watched a little bit of the Cardinals. Did you at Jupiter? Just because I've been there, you know, don't know what it's like down there. Uh, They share the training facilities did with the Marlins. I believe they still do. Uh, But but the area is just just grown up. As you would anticipate, uh, land in Florida—it's kind of hard to come by. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> They're not making any more of it, so it's good to see baseball back uh, on TV. But we won't talk a whole lot about it because basketball is going to be front and center uh, in the days, weeks uh, to come here. Month—it's amazing, Trent. It's gotta get to the final four. Yeah, can they? They can. Playing defense like this, mm-hmm. bracket needs to fall their way. Don't want to be on the same side as Gonzaga. I don't think so either. We or will Michigan. come back. We'll talk to Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Do likewise with Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawkeyes. Miller and Condon until noon. It's 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.